We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. No mic today. And last night, the Lakers fell to C.J. Ellaby and the Mighty Blazers in a really lackluster performance where I think like a lot of things are coming to a head for this team. And one of those things, the biggest thing as we record, uh, we're recording in the morning before the trade deadline. D, in yesterday's pod, we started out with the idea of like frustration starting to boil over. And to me, to me, this is something that like fixing that none of the other stuff matters. And I thought last night was an example of we're playing basically a G League, like Nurkic, Simons and a G League squad, basically. And the the spirit and the effort and the level of cohesion and organization is all bad. And basketball is such a connected sport in terms of five players being on a string or being aware of what everyone else is doing and really, you know, giving their all in a, in a, a focused and attentive manner. And when a team starts to break apart, that is the first thing to go. And what happens is you're in play to get beat by anybody when a team really starts to crack, like regardless of the talent that you have. And I think that in some ways last night, was a healthy thing for us to see without Russ playing with LeBron and AD without huge injuries across the roster. We had a couple guys that missed, but we have LeBron and AD and we're struggling to hang with this Pacers squad that in a way that I think that I think speaks to a an obviously bigger problem and the fact that I, I, we do need to make some changes. Yeah, the 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 mix is off with this team. And it's been off. Mhm. Right. Oh, yeah. Like in the same way that LeBron said, well, I could have told you that before the game started when he was talking about the Lakers not being at the Bucks level. This is why everyone has their own little whipping boy when it comes to the Lakers and everyone is both right mm. and everyone is both wrong. Mm. Last night after the game, I said, you get what you deserve in their own ways. I thought Frank Vogel and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're the leaders of this team. They are the backbone. They are the core of this team. 
they're the only three guys besides THT who remain or in Dwight Howard, but Dwight didn't play who were on the championship team and LeBron and AD are obviously the, they're the core. They are the backbone. And then Frank Vogel's the head coach in their own way. They all were bad against the Blazers in their own specific ways. Frank's over-reliance on Avery Bradley and like, let's play Avery Bradley for 35 minutes. Like, oh yeah, he's going to be the Anthony Simons stopper in theory, right? And yeah, did he have a couple of possessions where he knocked a ball away, where he was physical defensively? Like, yeah. Did he hit a couple threes? Yeah. He played okay. And but he didn't play okay. And he didn't no. play okay enough to be like, okay, well, you're gonna be our third most minutes, right? Like yeah. the third most on the team. He wasn't that good. Meanwhile, the guy he's supposed to be out there to stop is the guy who's closing out the game for the Blazers. So there you go, Frank Vogel. Like one of the guys who you love and appreciate for reasons that I think we all acknowledge there's some validity as to why he appreciates Avery Bradley. The over-reliance on that is a major flaw of Vogel, and he's been doing it all season. And then I look at LeBron. Yes, it's the second night of a back-to-back. Yes, they are, yes, he's like in his 19th season. Yes, 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 to all of these caveats around LeBron James. I also thought LeBron didn't give a damn about playing defense or about making the extra play for however many minutes he played, subtract four of those. He cared about scoring and he was trying to find ways to like impact the game offensively, but he had six turnovers. At least half of those were careless where he's just throwing the ball. Like, what are you doing? Some of the turnovers that he had, if it was Russell West, if he was wearing a number zero jersey and you throw some of those passes, he would have been getting lit up by Lakers Twitter, but he wasn't wearing that number zero jersey. And so there's LeBron James basically kicking the ball all over the court, not caring about defense, not making the extra play, not making low man rotations, not doing any of the things that you're actually asked to do in order to beat a team. And then you have Anthony Davis, where I thought Anthony Davis looked engaged and focused defensively for about a five minute stretch during the third quarter. There was a couple of plays that he made in the fourth quarter with under three minutes left, where it's just like, oh shit, we might lose, right? Where he's like, okay, now I'm going to defend hard. Now I'm going to do this. That's so much of the game reminded me and so much of our approach to this season. But this isn't uncommon, D, is for superstars. We are on the second night of a back-to-back playing against a team that's just traded all their guys. There has to be a certain degree of coasting over the course of of 82 where you still pull out the win, but we aren't good enough. They're not. (laughs) And we don't have enough to build off of to be that, oh, we're going to coast for three, three and a half quarters, and then we're going to pull it out down the stretch. And this is where the idea of they don't have that togetherness to be like, this is a one-off. This is who they've been all year. Yeah, Pete. This, mm-hmm. th- this same game is the same game they've played against the Thunder a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And you could rattle off another half a dozen to 10 games during the season where they've played just like this. Mm-hmm. And some of the same sort of critical... Like, yep, we don't really care. And I'm sorry, man. You can talk about, you can only talk about sense of urgency so much after a game as. Well, 
and also figuring it out. D, right? Like this is something yes. that you really, I, I love the point that you made yesterday with respect to Russ about like the difference between caring and showing that you care being that the showing that you care are the actions that you take yes. to, uh, to put your care out into the world. Yes. And there is like, when they talk about figuring it out, that's been a refrain. It's like, well, when you are playing with that degree of casual like when when you're playing with that mentality and that approach you can't figure out much because you have to you have to play hard and you have to focus on the details and that's something that whether that's that's the players the coaches all the way through through the organization frankly is a, a greater focus on the details is i think how we start to move this in the right direction and start to and start to pull this out of the mud yeah. but there is a certain degree of you have to participate in your own salvation Right? No, you have to be an active right. participant in doing it. And that type of approach and mentality of we play that same game over and over and over again, you cannot figure it out. The reason we're still figuring it out on some very simple things this far into the season, despite all of the injuries and all of that, is in part because we haven't had the requisite focus an effort. But my point is that that's a team-wide thing. And I know you're saying that too. And so the when you said that everybody has their their favorite person to blame for yeah. this, it's certainly true and nobody's wrong. But what they're wrong about is if you narrow – if you zoom in too far on just one person, then you are missing a, a lot of the bigger picture in which if you just address that one thing, it's not going to fix the overall – like there's no right. magic elixir. No, there's not. And – this is where I'm a big fan of the idea that there's always a balance and counterbalance to so many things in life. And the path that you walk is always going to be throwing things at you that, okay, I sidestep this way, I sidestep that way, and mm -hmm. now you're on a new path. You're actually not on, like, whatever path you you embark on, the things that come into your path along the way are are the challenges that you need to clear and right. if all you do is sort of say well oh well we'll get that next time or all we all we, well we didn't have this guy for this game and so we'll fix that when so like no you're already doing it wrong you're already doing it wrong and let's go to break here because on the other end end of this like changes do need to be made and I'm very interested heading into the trade deadline and honestly into the all-star break, which comes next next week, about what the outlook of this team is and can the brain trust of this team get on the same page about what actually is the first thing that you need to do because you can get paralyzed, Pete, by, oh, there's so many things that are wrong. So what do we actually address? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Pete, not Frank Vogel's best coaching game. I'll say that up front. And I'm a Frank Vogel defender. I like Frank Vogel. That was not his best game against Portland. And he's had several not so great games this season. The trade deadline is quickly approaching. And the shakeup of the team, I think, feels inevitable, if not today before noon or whatever, then at some point during the offseason. We don't need to perform the autopsy now. That's not the way that this works, right? You do that way after the fact. But how does this team start to get back on track at this point? I think it depends on what bridges are burned and what which ones aren't. I think that's the first place that you start is can you – there's obviously a um, – there's a funk over this team that – I LeBron think called it the fog yesterday. The fog, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, there's absolutely uh, – and a part of that is we don't know what the, the roster is going to look like in 24 hours type of thing. And that certainly I think is a big lingering contributor to why last night's game went the way that it did. And you could even extend that out a couple of weeks. This is always – especially in Lakerland when the Lakers are struggling. Remember the deadline uh, before? in LeBron's first season with us, the lead up to that and all of the talk about AD, all the rumors, those games were hideous. There were some hideous games leading up to that trade deadline. And so that's a big factor that comes into it. But my concern about like, this is what I've been worried about for a while about the breaking apart on a personal level. I'm not even really talking about basketball at this point, although it manifests itself more in the basketball, like that, that engagement and that like commitment toward we, and that commitment toward what we are working together starts to fracture. And that was, that's part of why you don't want to f- fill up your frustration bucket too early with starting DeAndre Jordan, with playing Avery Bradley all this ton, uh, you know, with playing Avery Bradley all these minutes. And then there's the uncontrollables of injuries and health and all of that. Because that frustration adds up over the course of the season. And by the time you get all your guys back, there's so much in the past, there's so much that has led up to that point where you're already at this 
super frustrated level. We get LeBron and AD back, we're, you know, a, a, a week ago, we're like, all right, here we go. Let's get on track. But because there's so much of that frustration built up and whatever funk that there is over this team, I think originates from personal relationships. So in terms of resolving it, it has to be an evaluation of, can these people make this work? Do they still have enough like that before the season? We're like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to work together. We're going to fight. Is there still enough of that to build off of? Secondly, just on a practical sense, we've needed forwards. We've needed Athletes, we've needed, I think we've learned a lot this season about what works with this team and what doesn't. And it's such a severe distinction that it becomes very obvious. There's, it's no coincidence that Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, those kinds of guys have thrived, whereas the slower footed older guys have not. That's, this team is, it has to play fast for it to be the best version of itself. And that is even independent of Russell Westbrook, I believe. Just now, LeBron and AD obviously can play that other, you know, slower plotting style. But the rest of the team, I like Malik Monk, for example, is not a half court grinded out type of player. That's not the nature of his game. The same is true of Stanley Johnson, right? And so those athletes, that whole idea of if you line everybody up on the baseline and and whoever your first seven or eight guys win the foot race, that's who your rotation should be. I think that's very true of this team. But we need to, I think the back end of the roster in particular needs to be exchanged for some guys that can run and that play hard yeah. and that do all that. Well, I would say too, I mean, just speaking of that point practically, if the older slow footed guys were the players who were better, then we would say they need to play that way. Yeah, but no, they that's haven't exactly been, right. Yeah, but, but exactly. they have, but they haven't been better. Darius, aside from Russ, the biggest reason why I was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to end up playing no bigs at all," is because they aren't good, right? Like yeah, this whole idea. They're we not good changed enough. our style of play because of Russell Westbrook. We changed everything. There is no style of play in which Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan are starting caliber centers anymore. It's that's just right. not. That's right. And so when exactly what you said, when you look at the roster and you say these guys can play, these guys cannot. These guys are all small and fast. Like, well, I guess we got to play small and fast. Yeah. One of the reasons why I'm looking for a roster overhaul is too big of a word, and you can't overhaul a team at the trade deadline. Like, I mean, that one 2019 Cavs team effectively did, but they still kept many core players. J.R. Smith was still there. Kevin Love was still there. LeBron James was still there. They kept a fair amount of guys. Um, Tristan Thompson as well, right? And so they still had a core of guys who had won a championship together who were just like, we're still here. Overhaul is probably too, too strong of a word, so you can't really do that. But one of the reasons why I'm looking for a roster shakeup is that through 55 or 60 games, however many games the team has played, um, there are several guys who I've identified. It's just like, you're not good enough to be in a playoff rotation. Now, are the Lakers going to be a playoff team? I have no idea. But are they going to be a championship team? I can almost definitively say no, they're not. But the goals of the season before the season started were very lofty. The idea of what they're trying to accomplish in the big picture, if not this season, over a two or a three year run, because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis locked up for at least two or three more years, is to be a championship contender. And mm -hmm refocusing the vision on, okay, well, what do we know? What do we not know? And how do we get the players that we need? That should 
be an ongoing evaluation and an ongoing discussion, and you should always be trying to make those improvements. Frank Vogel was asked a very pointed question about, like, do you think Russell Westbrook is on the team after the trade deadline? And Frank basically is like, look, anything that can make our team better, we should do that. And that's the only answer I have. Yeah, that's any the sort of trade speculation. That's the right? canned answer is if we can make our team better, we will. Yes, but there's there's truth that backs that up, Pete. It's not about mm-hmm. because it's not about Russ. It's no, not. It's never it's like, been. It's about us. It's about like what can you do to actually be the best version of your team? And no one has hit the mark on that. We've season. been so misaligned. We've missed so many just basic well, che- checkpoints, man. Well, well, I'm just saying that like no one has done that. No. And so I look at I look at the front office. They've they've definitely got decisions to make. I look at the coaching staff. They've definitely got decisions to make. The players need to look inward as well. And could, everyone needs to control the things that they can control. What's the point of the rest of this season? If, if we can't get to a championship, and obviously that's looking more and more likely as the season you know, as, as things progress, what is the point of the last part of this season to you? Let me hear what you have to say about that first. We have to get on track. It's something that one of the things that's a little bittersweet is that the trio of LeBron, Russ, and AD have still not played more than three straight games. And they only did that once the first three games of the season, again, with DeAndre Jordan starting in, in that lineup. We need to get on track and build something. If Russ is here after the trade deadline, there needs to be uh, like we need to get on, on the same page and playing in a way where we can build on it, even going into the offseason. We need some forward momentum. We talk about championships and our end goal, I think, way too much. And because in large part because of that and because of the injuries the last two seasons, we have not been in the moment enough where we've accepted and not reviewed and focused on the details regarding the mistakes that we are currently making today with the roster that we have today, with the players that we have today, in the game that we're playing today in service of this idea of when we get them all back, right, then we're – and because when we did get everybody all back – they didn't fit into something that was cohesive with what we had. And that's why when we go to play the uh, G League Blazers squad, essentially, there's a certain part of me that's like, LeBron and AD shouldn't have to try that hard on defense to beat that team. You, We've both been watching the, the league for years and years. And how many games did we see with Kobe like that, right? Where Kobe gives us 32, 35 points, but he's not really like doing much on the defensive end in this game 47. And this is as he gets older, of course, right? But that idea of winning games against significantly less talented teams without giving your best effort, I would argue that's a part of getting through an 82-game season. Yeah. Right? And that ability to coast. But what provides that is a certain level of competence underneath your superstars that we do not have. No. So – no, they don't have that. That's been they clear don't. the entire time. And yes. Like, let's take let's take our, our final break, D, because I want to hear your thoughts on, on the same question. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, I wish Mike was here because we had this long text thread the other day about like players three through seven. And maybe that'll be like the next pod, like like as we come out of the trade deadline, then we'll talk about players three, three through seven, because we'll have a better sense of where this team is at that point. But this is where I point back to the stuff who are not the players. Right. So I look at the players a lot and I'm just like, the players, you need to be better. I talked about this with Russell Westbrook the other day. Um, I opened this long thing. I talked about Frank Vogel some, but then I talked about like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like I thought they played poorly um, in ways that matter. Right. And you've talked about this a fair amount this season about like the, this is kind of what it is when you have veteran minimum guys or Mike has too. Like, hey, when you've got a bunch of vet minimum guys, like you can't expect them to fill all of the whole like they're not well-rounded enough right yeah they're going to be appropriate for certain games but not for others and that moving target with the players i think has been a detriment to the team and and their ability to function as a group from night to night to night like that figuring it out is hard when everything changes right and mostly we look at the idea of like injuries impacting that and it certainly has but ideally what a coach wants is to say well i can do i can do i can depend on this every single night but when your players have deficiencies in ways that matter against some teams but not against other teams then you can't do the same thing every single night because Trevor Ariza might mm-hmm. be able to play against this team, but not against that team. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard might be able to play against this team, but not against that team. Even right? a Malik Monk, he might give you 30 against this team, but this other team poses some matchup problems and it gives you eight in this game. And then there's defensive issues, right? So even yes. the guys that we like that have been like, yo, Stanley Johnson, there are times where a guy's too physical for Stanley Johnson or a team is and he can't hang, right? And so this is true of all those guys. And so... Uh, I said I was going to not talk about the players and I started to talk about the players. So let's get back to not talking about the players again <laughs> is this is where Rob and Frank, I think, need to be on the same page about like, what do. Are we seeing eye to eye about what. What the end goals actually are for this season, what are they not on the same page about? I know. They, and this is speculative, of course, but what, what do you see when you look at well, that? It's clear that there's a dissonance between the roster and what Frank Vogel's coaching style is, right? And yeah. and so already you see this separation of church and state between <laughs> – no, seriously though. Yeah, you, yeah. You, like, yep. Right? Where the team is clearly built in this mold of, of, of let's, let's play like a sleek sports car, right? Let's play fast. Like, mm-hmm. let's get up and down the court. Let's shoot threes. Let's 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 switch. 
we're going to do all of these small team things. And Frank Vogel is a monster truck driver, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yes. Right? Where That's he's great. like, like, we want to maul you, right? I'm Gravedigger. I'm Bigfoot. Like, I am, I am crushing those small cars, right? Like, it's one of the reasons why I remember during the Lakers championship playoff run, and Mike was looking, we were talking about, like, the playoff series against the Blazers. And we were sort of, like, having side conversations, even but this was before Mike was even <laughs> on the pod, but we were having mm-hmm. side conversations with, well, with Mike. And he's like, nah, man, like, the Lakers eat teams like this up. Like, these small guards, right? The Lakers are just going to maul this team. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he was almost always right when he said yes, that. Yes. And and the Blazers won game one. The Lakers shot historically bad. But even you and I, after the fact of that game, we were just like, man. Yeah. Like what looks more sustainable to you? The mm-hmm. Lakers missing on the shot quality that they got or the Blazers basically being able to crack this code that the Lakers had in terms of how they held them them down. And we sided with. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers are going to play this poorly offensively against a bad Blazers defense this this long. And what ended up happening was the Lakers mauled them. They were too big. They were too physical. And that's Frank Vogel's general approach as a basketball philosophy. And the roster that he has now is not that. And so that dissonance that exists, like they need to figure out like how can we – when you talk about like what is – that separation between them and that scene eye to eye, it starts with like, all right, well, where is, where is the middle ground? And is the middle ground still close that we're still close enough together that there's a functional basketball team that comes out on, on the other side of it? Because right now what you're seeing is Frank Vogel sort of just like, well, yeah, we've got Stanley Johnson and LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the court, but we're playing drop coverages because we need to keep this. They're half measures. It's right. It's the worst of both worlds, right? Yes. It's this. It's this uh, twilight zone in between two different styles, and that like meeting in the middle with your leader. That's actually the opposite direction of you should be moving in the same direction that your leader is. That's right. You know, we're in the same direction a- and. Bogle was our leader in 2020, right? And he had players that matched his coaching style. So it wasn't – there was no meeting in the middle. There was let's go forward and go win a freaking NBA championship together in the same direction that we all want to move in. That dissonance that you're talking about, that like – that to me is the biggest story of this season in terms of like – And it's the one that hasn't been told as much, right? Yeah, Yeah, thank you. That's why we're not going to do the autopsy until after the season. But if you wanted – I can already start to look at like what the underlying conditions have mm-hmm. been. Yeah, no, that's certainly the case. And so how do you resolve that? How is that something like that's something I don't think that from a roster perspective you can do at the trade deadline. I don't think that there's a move out there unless there's like moving Russ in which enough salary would be able to come back to totally reshape and reimagine the team. I think that would be difficult to pull off at the trade deadline for a wide variety of reasons. We'll see. This might sound stupid in two hours, right? Oh, in two hours, we're going to be like, oh, yes, we predicted the total opposite of what's going on. But yeah, you know, there's a Woj bomb right now waiting for us that we haven't seen as we're recording. 
recording this. So maybe maybe that's not the case, but I don't see how it's possible at the trade deadline to be like, oh, we were this sports car, but now we need to become a monster truck. Therefore, right. we make moves A, B, and C, and now we're on the same page as what Frank Vogel likes to do. Keith, I live in the Bay Area. I Sometimes there are times where I see like um, some sort of like smallish car and it's sitting on like 22s. And you're sort of like, <laughs> maybe you see these like in LA too, but every once in a while, like in the Bay, I'll see one, one of these, these cars. And I'm just like, yeah, that looks ridiculous, right? It looks ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's, and so the Lakers aren't going to come out of the other side, side of this with like, oh yeah, well, we're a sports car sitting, sitting on 22 inch ribs now. Like, I mean, that, we kind of have been, and, and we have looked ridiculous as a result of that. <laughs> yes. But that's what I'm saying though, is, yeah. is, is that that coming together that meeting of the binds, the idea of what do we need to do in order to resolve some of this, like this is where the coaches do need to have, like they do need to look in the mirror. And this is where the players as well need to look in the mirror. And look, Rob's definitely on the phone right as we speak, and he's trying to improve the team. He's trying to get players who can help this team be better this season and potentially in into next season it's what his job is if he's not doing that it'd be dumb and it's a dereliction of duty right but when it comes right down to it when lebron was talking af- after the bucks game about going out there and doing your job regardless of circumstance you need to go out there and do do your job there has been a lot of talk around that there's been a mm-hmm. lot of talk about sense of urgency. There's been a lot of talk about like togetherness and trying to figure it out. A lot of talk around that. Yeah. Right. There needs to be more doing of mm-hmm. all of the things that go with that. And so if you're a coach, that means it's just like, all right, man, how about we pick a starting lineup and we're just going to play it. Let's play for right? 10 games. Right. And if you're a player, how about it's just like, yeah, you you know what? This is the rotation. The, these these are the asks. I'm going to go out there and sell out, and I'm going to do that stuff every single night, right? I'm going to do it in support of my teammates, and I'm going to do it because I have pride in myself. And there has been too little of that from both sides, right? I'm I'm concerned about the will too, right? Yeah. Like after a certain point, you yes. say it enough times. That said, I think that. There needs to be a major shakeup, and that can happen in any number of ways. That needs to be some final like reset button to help. If we can't get all the way, if you know, step Z is a championship. If we can get all the way there, if we can get to step F or G by the end of the season, that that's helpful too. Well, to your point though, Pete, it's just like the trade deadline is an artificial reset, right? Because once the trade deadline passes, this is the team. Now, right now, maybe a buyout guy, maybe a buyout guy. And so from a roster perspective, at least that is the reset. There is always the bigger reset of like, okay, well, we're going to fire the coach. And who knows if that's on the table or not. There were reports earlier during the season about like Frank Vogel's job security. Um, We don't know where that that is at this point. Um, And and I don't want to speculate on that anyway. But my position is that once you come out of the other side of of the trade deadline, there is no more looking over your shoulder, if especially if you're a rotation player, yeah, right? And that's important. It, it is. 
It is. There is a moment to breathe. And that moment to breathe right after the trade deadline leads you right into the all-star break where there is going to be like a refresh for this team in terms of like mentally and just being able to get to get away. The idea of can this group work together, some of that is going to come back to like what are the conversations like and what is the buy-in like. And this will come back down to the coaches and the players. And are they going to get on the same page from the idea of like we're in this together? There's, a, there's always talk about that, but the action on the court actually shows you. And I thought against the Bucks, they didn't have it. And against the Blazers, they definitely didn't have it. And you had, you had sent a message to, to us after the game, like, these last two games have been a reality check of sorts in two different ways, right? Yeah. And you played a top-level team who is one of the two favorites, I think, to win the championship based off of, like, what today looks like. And then they played a team that... If they finish the season with the same exact players playing the same exact roles that they're playing, they're a bottom three team in the league, mm-hmm. right? And the Lakers lost to both teams. And so what does that make the Lakers? And where? how do they get from there all the way over here to someplace totally different? If I, I don't not- think we can look at it like that. I really think that it's unhealthy to look at it. But there's a path, though. What I'm talking about is each step, though, to get to Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying is that, like, maybe that's the goal. The goal is to get as far down as possible. But what happens to me is if you look – and this is true in life and basketball and everything. If you look too far down the future, the more you look into the future, the less you are in the moment. And I'm a big believer in being in the moment and being present and focusing on today. And if you look at this point and say, we need to get so far. We have so far to go go to get to our ultimate goal, that there's no chance that we can get there, that inspires a certain degree of, well, what's the point? Yeah. That I think that that getting off of that what's the point mentality is the most important thing about this team right now. And there's a bunch of reasons why we've ended up here, but this is what I've been so concerned about, D, the last couple of weeks is saying we're in this dangerous time is once this starts to happen, the other stuff doesn't matter. And that like that's what I'm so that idea of like getting away from what's the point has to happen between before before anything else does and I think looking too deep and too far down the road contributes toward that but the thing is is so I'm with you but something has to guide the team in general right yeah. and if you don't have that north star to sort of propel you forward as an organization then what are you really doing? The pursuit of a championship is still the end goal, and those are big. Those those are big and lofty. It's the devil is always in the details, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm so big on. Okay, well, what are those conversations like? In the end, it is going to come back to these one on one two-on-two and group conversations around like, like, where are we at? What are we actually going to do? It's got to start there. And those conversations can be uncomfortable. They can be unpleasant, but they are necessary. (laughs) And when everything is going good, you should still have those conversations because they help enrich your spirit. They help refocus and, and, and keep you on, 
on that path. And so these are conversations that should be happening all of the time regardless, right? But when things are bad like they are now, they're critical in order to figure out what your next step is actually going to be. You don't get to anywhere in life by taking these massive leaps forward. It's always one step at a time. Always. That's always the case. Um, Like we said, we recorded this before the the trade deadline, so we'll see what ends up happening. A rare twofer for us tonight. I think we should have Mike on tonight's tonight's pod, and we're going to recap whatever the Lakers do or do not do at the trade deadline, and that'll be tomorrow's pod. But until then, let's uh, buckle up. Good luck, everyone. Hang in there. I hope everyone gets the player that they want and the changes that they want. Uh, But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, pretty pass, and it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant, picked up by Bell. There's the move, two, one, miss it! It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant, yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.